Hello and welcome to Own Your Intuition. I'm Kelly Rich, your host. I'm an intuitive psychic medium based out of Portland, Maine, and I'm so honored and so grateful that you're here, that you're available for these messages, and that you're tuning in. Historically speaking, I used to have a difficult time asking for help, and over the years I've gotten better and better, and right now I'm going to dive into the fire and ask for your help. If you enjoy this episode or if you enjoyed one episode prior to this or many episodes, can you and are you open and available to sharing the show with your loved ones or on Instagram, any social media platform really, or writing a review? Right now I'm doing a special if you write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and screenshot me in your stories at Kelly Rich Intuitive, you'll be put in a monthly drawing to win a free 30-minute intuitive reading. With all the changes happening in the world and my household being fully self-employed, we are doing our best to ask for help. And the podcast is free. And what happens behind these episodes is a lot of time, there's money, there's energy and education, and I have someone helping me now with it. And in order to keep it going, I I need your help. I need you to, to share it. So if you'd like the podcast to continue, I invite you to share the show, write a review. Those are the two ways to help without paying any money. It's free to share and it's free to write a review. So I really thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing how the show has helped you because I've been receiving so many messages about how the show has really helped you to create positive change and transformation in your own life. So if you'd be so kind to just transfer that information onto Apple Podcasts or with a friend, that would be so helpful. I really, really appreciate it. If you're looking to connect beyond the podcast and you want to book a session, you can head to my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. I have an upcoming new moon ceremony on April 23rd, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to join that, it's a collective reading, a Q&A chat box where I'll answer your questions, and it ends with a holy fire distance healing session. It's very, very sweet. So you can email me hello at kellyrichintuitive.com to sign up for that. I hope you enjoy today's episode. It's one of my favorites. The more and more I do these interviews, the more I fall in love with them. It's such a sacred and beautiful way to connect with some really beautiful, heart-centered, soul-centered, genius human beings. And today is no exception of any of that. My dear friend, Diana Masla, has agreed to come on the show and carve out some time in her day to have a really spiritual conversation with me that I'm still marinating in days and days after we've connected. And I hope you enjoy it. And if you get something out of it, or if it brings you any peace, any wisdom, may you steep and marinate in it. All right. Enjoy. Hi, Diana. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, it's such a joy to be with you and your, your grounding, nourishing presence. Oh, thank you. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Good. It's, um, I mean, just grateful to get to be outside and in nature and 
I'm healthy and my family's healthy. And so I'm feeling grateful for that. Yeah, that's that's what I feel like is on everyone's mind right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Our, our health and I feel like for me as well, it's what's going on right now is a reminder that I really don't have much if I'm not feeling good and if I'm not healthy. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. When we're not feeling good in our bodies, it affects our state of mind, which affects our entire experience of life. So Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I saw that you transitioned from New York City down yeah. to Florida with your little bun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I see you're outside in a tank top. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Maine it's and it's, warm it's down cold. Here. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. It's so interesting because for the first time, like my husband's still in New York City and I know New York City is such a hot spot right now. And so you saying that for the first time since I left two weeks ago, I felt this wave of emotion and just like, yeah, sadness for all the people that are there and and literally cooped up inside um, these big buildings. A lot of people are there completely by themselves, um, which... Wow. Yeah. I I know that your podcast is reaching so many people and helping them feel not alone. And so I pray that that this session can also provide that for for people that need it. I know that to be true. Yes. Mm. Do you want to share with everyone who you are? (laughs) Sure. Lovely. (laughs) Um, I'm Deanna. Gosh, where where to, what even, what facet Mm. to begin with? I feel like there's so many different roles that I play in my life, but my, my main role right now is mama. Mm-hmm. I, I had a beautiful little boy six months ago, and um, that was such a beautiful journey, the, the journey of, you know, conception, pregnancy, postpartum, and, and still, you know, every day is so new. Every, every phase is so fresh. And so um, I've been thinking a lot how, you know, so many people's lives are so different now, but with a baby, it's literally like, same thing every day and of course it's so different but I'm just as busy just as engaged um so I'm full-on mama mode so I also offer um Ayurveda consultations Ayurveda courses and trainings um yoga teacher trainings retreats and and pilgrimages around the world Mm -hmm. with my sister and with my husband it's so wonderful I feel so blessed to be talking to you right now. Oh my gosh. I've missed. So I, just for everyone listening, I met Diana at Kripalu over two years ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so odd. Two and a half years ago. Yeah. And Kripalu is a yoga retreat center and school in the Berkshires. So in Western Massachusetts. And we did our Ayurveda health counselor program together which was about a year long like a full Mm -hmm. school year and I love like before before we connected this morning I was feeling all the feels and just kind of going through what I wanted to talk to you about today and calling Mm -hmm. in spirit I I love to kind of get out of the way like put my ego up on the shelf and all of my work and just allow spirit to move through me, especially in these episodes. So when I was doing that, today was different. It felt like I had this movie screen in my mind, like in my third eye. And just remembering all the moments of Kripalu Mm -hmm. and in our studies and how we met. And one of the most profound moments at Kripalu was when 
we had a discussion in one of the rooms like late at night. I think it was towards dinner and mm-hmm. um, which is late at night for Kripalu. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just in such a dark place. I was going through a lot in my personal life. And I remember you came in and you shared, you just were so lovely. And you were like this ball of light that just entered this large room that I was alone in sitting on the floor. And I was pretty much like alternating between crying and eating, which is like the biggest no-no in Ayurveda. (laughs) Don't eat when you're feeling emotions. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then you came in and, and you started talking about my voice and mm-hmm. how I use my voice and how I ask questions and how I show up in the program. And it was such a, an interesting moment at the time because I felt those feelings towards you. Like I was mm-hmm. so mesmerized by the way you showed up and by the way you used your voice and by mm-hmm. the presence that you held, even when you weren't speaking, just the nature of who you are and your essence. So it felt like the reason why I feel like I want to share this with everyone is because sometimes we might look towards other people that inspire us or uplift us or um, they hold qualities that we are attracted to or we want to hold. And you never know unless you have a conversation or you actually tune into that person that they might be feeling similar feelings towards you. And in a way it was like a reflector moment, this mirror happening. And it was like, no, wait, but I feel that way. (laughs) And it was just such a, it was one of the most wonderful moments that I've ever had. And um, I carry that with me often. There's so many lessons Mm. embedded in that one experience for me that I feel like I could keep unraveling throughout my entire life and um yeah so that's really how I know Deanna and Mm. it's just a blessing to have you here in your presence and um I have so many questions that I want to ask you particularly kind of going back in time with Ayurveda and what was your experience looking back now now that we've had a little bit of time to process you know what the experience at Kripalu was and how it unfolded? Mm. Like, was there anything that really stuck out for you from that experience or anything that you've taken with you that mm. you feel like has benefited you or your life in some way? I mean, I, I feel like so much. I feel like um, since that training, my focus in life has become more and more Ayurveda. And my background, I was raised in a family of bhakti yogi practitioners. Um, and my father is an Ayurvedic practitioner. And so I was raised with yoga and Ayurveda. And um, I remember, like, my dad would always suggest, like, do self-massages, do self-massages. And every evening I would see him massaging his feet and putting oil on his head. And I, I knew this was something that was good for me. But, you know, as, as kids, we don't usually want to do what our parents do. And so I remember when I was applying for the School of Ayurveda at Kripalu, um, they asked, like, why do you want to attend? And one of my reasons was, I want to be convinced to do abhyanga. I want to be convinced <laughs> to do self-massages. Oh, my goodness. And so I, I had all of these experiences growing up. Like, you know, we never had ice in our waters. We, we wouldn't drink with our meals. We, we wouldn't snack between meals. So all of these experiences, but I never understood the why. Mm. And so I feel like um, going to Kripalu and studying Ayurveda for that year 
it, it gave me the why, which I feel like oftentimes what people need, we can tell them so many things, but if they don't understand the why, um, then they don't have a reason to do it. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to, I, I don't want to use this word convince, but it's, it's hard to, to do something. It's almost like with blind faith, just, just because. Um, exactly. and so yeah, I feel like I, I got the why. And so now I've integrated Ayurveda more and more into my life. And another reason was so that I could raise my kids in the same way that my, my parents raised me with like instilling these Ayurvedic principles. And so and I'm grateful to get to do that with my little one. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I feel I resonate with that wholeheartedly. Like when we're young, we don't, we don't necessarily want to do what our parents are <laughs> telling yeah. us. And you know, having the uh, the perspective of someone else kind of giving yeah. us the information can have those aha moments of, oh, this, there might be something here for me, or this might benefit me in some way. Yeah. Healthy, happy, insane, and balanced. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I feel like um, with my background in yoga, what I became deeply inspired by was um, to integrate the the spiritual teachings into Ayurveda, which these days is kind of perceived as more of a medical science. But um, without yoga, it's it's incomplete. And you know, yoga and Ayurveda are meant to be practiced together. Yes, which is why they're, they're the sister sciences. And so yes. that's what I'm deeply inspired to share through through my teachings is how they're connected and why they're connected. I love that. I'm so drawn to that type of work, mm. blending them together. And and I feel like when we blend them together, the whys make a little bit more sense. Like for- yeah, and it's longer lasting because even if we feel really good in our bodies if we're not connected deeply to our spirit, deeply to our soul, to divinity, we're not going to be satisfied in our life. You know, we can spend so many hours in the gym and perfect our diet, but if we're not connected to the deepest purpose, to why we're here, these greater questions, um, what's the point of being healthy? We're all going to die anyways, you know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> Yeah, I have tears in my eyes, yes. Uh, so hopefully, yes. like, we're, we're utilizing our health so that we can show up and serve in really, really meaningful ways. Mm, yes, I feel that in every cell of my mm. being right now. Like, uh, there are so, there's so much information circulating around right now with what's going on in the world and in our communities and... For me, what I find to be the most important is to carve out time every single day, no matter what, to sit with my soul. That's it. And to allow that sitting with my soul to change, meaning what it looks like. Sometimes I'm in a guided experience. Sometimes I'm in silence. Sometimes it's movement. Sometimes it's right. So it's, it's not forcing myself into the confines of, well, this is the way. Mm. And allowing the way to sort of unfold itself naturally. And I feel like Ayurveda has been, Ayurveda and yoga have been two large components to trusting that unraveling, if you will, Mm. like calling on the tools. And I feel like going back a little bit, when I was in Ayurveda school, I felt like, and I still feel that I wish I had learned more about Ayurveda before I had developed or not necessarily developed, but chosen a heavily concentrated asana practice. Mm. I wish that I had the wisdom of Ayurveda to 
welcome into my life with like how you're talking about health. And there are so many facets or pieces under the umbrella of health. It's like, okay, there's the mind, there's the body, there's the spirit, there's the soul, there's the senses. But then there's also like exercise and diet and lifestyle and herbs. And there's all these facets. And I feel like Ayurveda is the why. Ayurveda gives Mm. us information of why we exercise a certain way and totally. when we do it and why we eat what we're eating and when we're doing it and how. And there's totally. all these there's all of these inquiries I feel like Ayurveda offers us. And I feel like if I didn't have the wisdom of Ayurveda moving through me, um, or at least having the knowledge and the experience of what we had together at Kripalu Mm -hmm. and even after like incorporating them in my daily life, I feel like I would be in a very different place right now. Absolutely. And I don't know if I would be able to show up in the ways that I am, which Mm -hmm. another way of saying that is serving. Like you mentioned. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that, like you were sharing the the teachings of Ayurveda, they kind of ground these more esoteric um, yoga teachings. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, you know, praying over your food, Mm -hmm. you know, can for some people that just seems so woo woo, you know, or so like just like this big spiritual thing. But Ayurveda gives us a language where we can understand also not only how it affects the soul, but how it can affect the physiology to to sit in silence, to connect to, to gratitude in our hearts, to take deep breaths, to be very present, um, and, and how it literally affects our physiology, the health of our body. And so I feel like the language of Ayurveda can help yoga become more far-reached because um, it's, it's the same practices, but, you know, can reach different people for different reasons, you know, and, it, and we, we need to meet people where they are. That's, that's the main thing, um, and then take them deeper. Mm-hmm. I agree. Are you, do you feel like you're using any tools from Ayurveda or any mm. wisdom um, within you personally more so now than you ever have before? Like, is there something that feels you're like, oh, I need this or I need to do mm. this every day now where before it was like you did it, but perhaps it was with a little bit more lax or not with as much attention or care? Mm. I think that there's three things that for me have been such medicine during this time, especially. Um, one is my self massages, my Bianga. I feel like it's something that I've been super regular with since, you know, since Kripalu, at least four or five days a week, I do my self massage. But right now, just knowing how, you know, the nervous system is so affected by, by stress and change by how, you know, our immunity is basically the key to, to good health in our body and how Abhyanga does both of those things, treats both of those things, really calms our nervous system, um, nourishes the body in such a, such a deep way, and um, you know, moves the lymphatic system, increases immunity. So I feel like that's been something that's been super important for me, and also as a mama, this high vata lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, not, not sleeping through the nights, you know, being a little more irregulated than I was before having him. Um, the self-massage is just medicine and and it's become like before it was more a luxury the self-care practice but it's become a real necessity to help me stay to grounded and present and centered and nourished so that I can show up and and nourish my my little one Mm, um the the second one is being in nature Mm -hmm. um you know if you are in New York City right now or in a big city to 
see if you can at least get onto the roof, get under the sky, um, connect to the rhythms, know, know what phase the moon is in, um, connect to nature because when we're in nature, you know, our body is a part of nature. Like we are made of the same matter that all nature is made of. And so when we're immersed in nature, naturally our body begins to harmonize with it. And so it's a way to, to bring incredible balance and the sense of well-being. And so we're spending probably at least, you know, four, five, six hours a day in our backyard or going on walks. We have a beautiful field in front of our house. And so spending a lot of time in nature. Mm. And then the third one, I've, I've recently gotten really into essential oils, which, I mean, plant medicine. You know, I've always been interested in studying herbs. And I feel like these oils are such a powerful way because, um, they're just so potent, you know, that they vibrate a certain energy that can be infused into our own body. Um, yes. You know, when we put them on our skin, when we smell them, when we taste them, our body can extract exactly what, what they need from them. And, you know, if we're feeling stressed, there's oils that help to soothe the nervous system. If we're feeling a little overstimulated, if we're feeling, you know, maybe heavy, depressed, lethargic, there's, there's basically oils for everything. And it's, it's been such a joy, so much fun. Um, it feels like, you know, I'm continuing my education, which is so beautiful. I'm able to help people in, in more ways, just understanding the herbs, but also just feeling like diffusing oils and noticing how they're uplifting to the mood. You know, putting oils on my baby's feet and on his spine and knowing that I'm enhancing his immunity. And, you know, he hasn't been sick ever yet, which is amazing. Um, wow. Yeah. Which, and, and I think a lot of it is because we do you know, a Bianca for him every evening. Yes. And then <laughs> I love those little videos. Oh my gosh. On Instagram, on Instagram, Diana would post, I, I don't, I haven't seen one in a little bit, but when he was a, like the peanut yeah. of peanuts <laughs> and the self massage that you would do for him or the massage yeah. for him, I loved it. I felt like the energy was being transferred to the screen and like, my body. Um, will, will you talk a little bit more about that and how, well, two things. One, will you talk about the benefits of, well, what Abhyanga is for those that don't know mm-hmm. and what the benefits are for babies and how yeah. it makes it a little bit different than for adults yeah. and also essential oils, but I'll, I'll to make a note of that. So I won't <laughs> give you too much. <laughs> okay. Um, Abhyanga, it's a self-massage um, in the winter months using sesame oil, oftentimes medicated with different herbs. In the summer months, especially here in Florida where it's so hot and humid, I use coconut oil. Um, and just rubbing your entire body. I, I actually have two videos online, one with the benefits of a bianga and two with a tutorial, how to. Um, but it's, it's basically, you know, so many reasons. I, I talked about a couple already, you know, boost the immune system, mm-hmm. um, really calms the nervous system. And what I really love is that it creates a protective barrier between it's like coating the entire nervous system with yes. oil like creates that barrier between me and the world. And so I have this container that is very nourished. So I'm less affected by, you know, stress and overwhelm and the, the circumstance outside of me, I, I feel more contained and centered and cared for, you know, ultimately. Um, for babies, you know, there's a whole science of Ayurveda through the preconception pregnancy and postpartum phase and especially focusing on the first 40 days after birth where the baby literally you know he was inside of me so he didn't yet know that he has his own body his whole experience of self is 
you know, just this oneness, this experience of like hearing a heartbeat floating in liquids, um, feeling whatever I was feeling, you know, tasting whatever I was tasting, not knowing yet that he has his own little body. So even when he comes out into the world, he's moving into this place of total oneness, you know, where all of his basic needs were met automatically. You know, the womb is a certain temperature. He's getting the nourishment that he needs to all of a sudden, you know, it's very dry and a lot cooler outside. Um, you know, there's these arms, they actually have no control over their arms and legs for a couple of months. And so there's these flailing things that are always moving in front of the body. So it's a very high Vata um, time of life where there's a lot of stimulation they've never experienced before. And again, they don't yet know that they have their own body. So they are their environment. So their, their literal identity, their nervous system is being built by the experience of the outside world. And so that's why it's very important to have a very contained, predictable environment that's very safe, loving, warm, nourishing, because then their deepest sense of self is being built on that energy. Whereas if there's a lot of stress and anxiety and activity and movement and sound um, and, you know, God forbid, violence and um, intensity like that, the foundation of their nervous system is being built on that energy. So that's their experience of normal. Mm-hmm. That's what they'll, they'll carry with them throughout their life and always seek this this normal in their relationships. And so, you know, we focus on the first 40 days um, to really provide that safe container as, as a baby is literally coming into their body. And self-massage is one of the most beautiful practices to help them come into their body, feel their body. And um, a time to be totally and completely present with this little person. And through mm-hmm. our hands, they say that our hands are an extension of our heart is delivering love and attention, which we all know that's what allows us to blossom more than anything. Yes. And so it's, it's such a, a beautiful practice to take up with your newborn or wh- wherever, whatever phase your child is in to, to begin a practice of self-massage. Yes, I feel like that it, it, I don't have any children currently, but I'm, I'm seeing, I'm observing, and I'm feeling the intensity of being a parent right now in this Mm. climate and for children really of any age human beings of any age I do feel like abhyanga is medicine now and always but maybe even more so now and the one piece that sticks out for me is the fact that our nervous system lives on our skin Mm -hmm. so if we are feeling anxious and unsettled and there's this fear of the unknown or oh my gosh my heart is outside of my body which is what I hear mothers say often like having a child is like your heart just beating outside of you and walking around and trying to keep that little being safe and I have some friends and I know there are people listening right now who are pregnant or who have just had a child or who have children and all of a sudden they're a working mother and they're the homeschool teacher and they're trying to still make food. Now they're like a, a, a permanent restaurant. You know, it's like yeah. they're, they're, they're doing so many things. And I feel like with the children, especially for people who are sensitive, when the children have all these emotions, I feel like sometimes the parents take them on as well. And mm-hmm. I feel like Abhyanga can be a nice tool even to do together with a child, depending on the yeah. age and teaching them about the benefits. And I feel like in my experience of listening to 
you know, my friends with children and my sister is nine years younger than me. So I felt like I, when I grew up, I wasn't her mother, but I, I had this motherly instinct, like I need to keep her safe and I need to make her like, there was this kind of aspect to it. And I feel like just with the Abhyanga, I just feel like it's medicine. Absolutely. Even if people have five minutes, you know, five minutes oil on your skin, it's better than nothing. And helping those little babes and those little beings to kind of ground in, have Mm -hmm. that, um, that protective layer, like you mentioned is so important. And something once, and I have never forgotten it. I believe it was um, in one of my studies with restorative yoga and that we are constantly looking as human beings to find the nurturance and the comfort from being in the womb. That, mm. that sometimes some of us, our choices are based on seeking or reaching for that level of comfort and that level of nurturance. Mm. And sometimes restorative yoga for me is that. Mm. And I know for some of my students as well, like being so wrapped up in a cocoon and I feel like Abhyanga is that as well. And when they work together, even like put some oil on your skin and go lie down in Shavasana for 20 minutes and then take a bath, like how much medicine that is. And, it, it's going back to this idea too that um, I heard this at Kripalu where we don't, I think, believe it was Erin, the Dean of Ayurveda school. She said something like, you don't need to go out and spend a hundred, 200, $300 on a spa treatment every week. If you want to wonderful. If you have the means, wonderful, please go do that. However, the power is within us to be our own healers. And that's what I do. It's like Abhyanga is this act of healing ourselves that the power is in our hands and like you mentioned the hands are the extension of the heart and so true some say that the that the um the hands literally grow from the organ of the heart Mm. and i when i do abhyanga myself i usually kind of come into that visualization of my hands just my heartbeat just kind of working in unison and, and helping to release and to nourish and to ground at the same time. So mm-hmm. yes, so important right now. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, so do you want to share a little bit more about essential oils? I don't know much about them other than you can, if they're clean or if they're sourced well, you can put them under the tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use them on the skin and oils. You can diffuse them. I only yeah. have maybe like a collection of under 10. Like I don't have a large collection and I pretty much gravitate towards simple ones like tea tree, eucalyptus, lavender. I have a blend that I use. I can't, can't remember my friend Olivia's. If she's listening, she's probably like, I told you 20 times. Um, <laughs> she makes me a blend. <laughs> and yeah. I use it actually before I channel. So before my sessions, um, Having this sense of smell is something that anchors me, kind of tells spirit and and myself that I'm available for that. So I use essential oils in that way. And I actually have a diffuser on each end of the home where I usually have lavender because that's what I feel Amazing. like I need. But um, yeah. what, what oils are you using now and how are you using them? Yeah, I'm, I'm just starting to learn like in the past mm-hmm. couple of months. Um, I feel like oils, like they've come into my life so often. Um, and I've kind of just been like, okay, later, later, later. And I feel like, um, 
after having my little one, I was like, okay, I think now is the time to, to begin to study and learn more. Um, I use them, diffuse them, um, put some on my skin. Um, every day I, I have frankincense and kapoiba underneath my tongue. Um, and I was, I'm reading this book right now on Ayurveda and aromatherapy because I've been super curious, of course, how do these worlds merge? Because obviously there's a place. Um, and what I love the most is, you know, any, wherever there's life, there is a soul, there's spirit. Mm. And so in all of these plants, every single plant that's, that's around us, that has a spirit, um, it has an energy. So not only does it, you know, carry medicinal properties, just like all of our friends, um, you know, when we're feeling really sad, we have our friend that we go to. When we're feeling like we really want to have fun and we're excited, we have our friend that we can call. And so like all of our friends have these different energies that they bring into our life. All of mm. these plants are like our, our plant friends. They have personalities, actually. <laughs> and so um, I, I, I pray to approach the oils in that mood, understanding that like these are personalities, you know, I'm not just using them for myself, but I want to honor them in that way as well. Um, for example, that the holy basil, Tulsi, um, there's so many stories in the great ancient yogic texts talking about the personality of Tulsi, that she is the embodiment of pure devotion, that she is such a great devotee of God, and that what she does is she creates the ideal atmosphere for God to enter into and um, spend time with his great devotees. And so her whole mood is about creating that incredible spiritual environment so that God can enter in. And then, of course, Tulsi has all the medicinal effects, too, on our, on our body. And, um, and so I think if we just are you know, looking at these plant medicines as what they can do for me, how they can affect my respiratory system or my this or my that, then we're missing out on this whole different um, level of experience that we can have with these plant medicines and what, what they're actually bringing into our lives in, in these subtle realms. Oh my God. And so um, that's what I'm really fascinated about diving into. And I think that there's not much that has been written about that level of connection with these plant medicines. Um, but I think just through having an experience and approaching every time that I use them with that mood of um, what is your message? Like what blessing are you bringing to the world? And of course, you know, when we put it on our skin, when we smell it, when we taste it, it moves into our bloodstream. It circulates around the entire body. All of our organs can take from these oils what they need. All the tissues can absorb what they need. Um, and then they move out of our bodies within, you know, 12 hours to a day. And so they're very, very safe. They're very, very effective. It's like I um, said that these oils are like the, the blood of the plant. And so it, it, it's known in Ayurveda that Rakta Datu or the blood, it's, it's the life-giving energy in our bodies. And so um, it's taking in the life-giving energy of these plants and seeing how they harmonize with our, with our body and how they can support our body. Um, so recently, of course, I also love like lavender tea tree, um, kind of like these basics that mm -hmm. I feel like everybody knows and loves and, and what they do for our body. Um, every month I'm ordering probably three or four new oils so that I can just sit with those oils for that month and learn everything that I can about them. Um, this month Kapoiba has been my favorite because it seems like literally Kapoiba nourishes every single system in the body. Um, but it's it's a, a bark that's connected to the roots, obviously. And so it's very, very grounding and very, very nourishing for the nervous system. And I remember when I was in New York City, when all of this first started happening with the coronavirus, 
I opened the bottle and I, I smelt it and I, I gave it to my husband to smell. And we just closed our eyes and it, it felt like we were just sitting in the middle of a pine forest mm. um, because the, the scent, it goes directly to the brain. And so it simulates mood and emotions. And so essential oils are especially effective with, you know, shifting or altering our, our mental state. Um, and so during this time, they can be so like such incredible resources on every single level of our being. My gosh, I have goosebumps. Wow. <laughs> so beautiful. I oh. love, love, love this. Be- I love the beautiful relationship that you have with nature, mm. with the world. And I feel like if we were to all just look outside and see the trees and the birds and the grass and the buds and the flowers as having, and the herbs, right? Mm. As having souls. Yeah. How differently we would operate as a society and Mm. as an earth plane community. Yeah. Like right right now I'm, I have the big window where I sit here and the trees are swaying and I can see the buds and I can see um, the pine trees in the back and the grass starting to bud. And it's like, there's this conversation that we can have if I open myself and allow myself to be in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all souls are, they communicate in one way or another. It's not necessarily like they're going to speak English. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not that's not how it is. And I feel like with intuition, what you're talking about, you know, when you're talking about the plants and the herbs and the medicine that you're using, that's how I see it. It's as it's medicine. You're, you're choosing to use these oils and these plants to provide medicine to you on all levels, not just the physical body. It's Mm -hmm. opening up to something really like greater than yourself, greater than your physical body, working on the energetics and the subtle levels and the spirit because everything is connected. Mm-hmm. So if one were to open themselves up in that way, I feel at this time it's inevitable to take that pathway of intuition and really owning your intuition and mm. taking the time to listen to what the plants have to say. And they're not always going to talk to you in English form. You're not always going to hear what they have to say. Sometimes it's through a feeling, a sense, a knowing, an experience, a vision. And I feel like right now, maybe more more than ever in our lifetimes, we have this, the way I see it, it's like there's this portal or there's this offering or there's this opening happening for us to really connect to this part of us in a deeper way. And perhaps we've been distracted for so long by things like, for example, like the diet culture and work out this way and you'll look this way or take that essential oil and you'll feel this way or use it in this way and you'll get that. And perhaps we're moving out of that paradigm and thinking less about what can this give me or what can this do for me or how can I benefit or how can I how can I take that and take that plan and use it for my benefit and, and, and being in the conversation with that experience, with that 
exercise regimen, with that lifestyle change, with those plants, how are those plants talking to us? Because there's this conversation happening all the time with everything around us because everything has a vibration, everything. And some vibrations are higher than others, which means they hold more light particles like quantum physics. And when things are denser, they hold less light. So it's like, what conversations do we want to be in? And, and what vibration do we want to be in? And can that move forward? Can that conversation move forward when we're working with plants, when we're aligning ourselves with nature and I feel like uh, what I see and what I'm going back to now is when you're talking about the moon cycles as well and getting people just outside. And that's a way to connect with this conversation, if you will. I feel like there's this conversation happening, a conversation happening always with everything, with all beings, with all plants, with all structures, even this table, right? It's like this table that I'm sitting at, it has a vibration and can we open ourselves up to what's there always and may the plants be an invitation inward? Yeah, absolutely. I just rambled, but, um, no, I, I love what you were saying oh about my. like, especially how, um, you know, we live in a culture where we're told so many things, like you were yeah. saying, like this diet, ex- this diet, this exercise, this, you know, regimen, this, and we just do it. Um, so much so that I feel like we've forgotten how to listen. Uh-huh. Um, we've forgotten how to, to drop in and really feel like, what do I actually need? What would actually nourish me? And I feel like one of the greatest blessings of Ayurveda is, is that lesson. I feel like it teaches us how to listen. Mm-hmm. It teaches us how to like, really drop into our bodies and feel into what is it that I actually need. Other than yoga for the guidance and how to find real teachers, like teachers that speak at the level of our souls and that, um, that we can deeply trust when we don't know, you know, as much as I, I try to drop in and, and feel and intuit. It's like, sometimes I, I can't discern whether it's my mind or whether it's my intuition. And so to have those guides in our life that we can trust hands down to guide us in the right direction, that don't have an ulterior motive, um, that are living beyond the level of their mind and are deeply connected to spirit. And I know that's why so many people seek you out because they, they really trust that you're somebody who can drop in, like you were saying in the beginning of this podcast, beyond the ego and, and guide from a deeper place that has no ulterior motive or selfish motive. And we all need people in our life like that that help us come back, that can help guide us, um, that can, can help us, yeah, remember what it feels like to, to know. Mm, thank you. <laughs> so yeah. sweet. That's, yeah. that's what I hope for and I ask for and I pray mm. for. And I pray for also that others step forward and do the same. Mm. That I feel like sometimes we, we look at people like, oh, they're a teacher. Or, oh, they've got something that I, that I don't or I can't have. So I'm going to seek them out for help. And um, when I first started my journey, really, this transformational journey of diving into something deeper, like, oh, I have a spirit. Oh, I have a soul. There's a chakra system. What? Like that language wasn't really, um, I wasn't in a conversation with that language growing up. So when I took that, that journey, at first I had this um, recognition, if you will, of others, teachers and putting them on pedestals. And 
oh, they have something that I don't. Oh, they've gone somewhere I can never go. Oh, they can teach in a way I've never been able to teach. And I'm sure you can imagine um, the crumbling of that at, at one point in my life and how devastating it was, especially to one one teacher that I had. I had her on such a high pedestal. And of course, that pedestal came crashing down. And from that moment, I vowed to to never do that again or to, you know to ask spirit and to ask my guides to to guide me and to show me that we are all equal no matter what we do and how we choose to serve or how we choose to not serve and i feel like how my work has transformed is really like yes i'm so honored and i'm so grateful to do what i get to do and to guide people like you said to help guide them but it's more so of like opening this door but they have to do the work it's like allowing them to empower themselves and I feel like we all have the ability to do that Mm. and whether it's with one person a hundred people a million people it doesn't really matter how many it's more so of like realizing and like right now for example we're realizing how important the people are that come pick up our trash once a week and how important the people are that are cleaning the floors of schools and the desks in schools and the importance of people packing up our groceries and the farmer, like we're realizing that I feel like on a subtle level, we're remembering that we all are healers, that we all have a purpose. And that if one goes away, all of a sudden, I mean, right now it's like things are being taken away and businesses are shutting down and our day-to-days are shutting down. And it's like, whoa, 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 what's happening? And we're realizing mm. the importance of really being our own healers. I mean, we're stuck in our homes. We have to call up on our own tools. So I thank you for sharing that. And um, this, I share this with people listening. It's like, yes, I, I love what I do. And I love being a guide and a mentor and helping you to see clearly and to move from the mind down into the pathway of the heart. But it's also about you. It's about your willingness and your availability and you can do what I do. Like I say to people before sessions, sometimes I'm guided to remind them that anyone can do this work. I'm not special. I'm not, um, I don't have magical powers that other people can't have or grasp or I don't do things that are just me. Yes, I'm me and I'm unique, of course. However, I feel like sometimes in the intuitive world and in the psychic medium world, it's like we do, we put these people on these pedestals of like, wow, there's something so magical about them. It's like, no, no, you, you have these abilities as well, but how you choose to use them and navigate them or what, or what make you different. So yeah, I think I, I and I really think that's the mood of a real teacher. It's not that um, well, I'm I'm so special because you know look what I can do, um, but it's it's reminding everybody that you know if you follow the process and take this seriously, like you can also do it. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like um, to honor our teachers, you know, honor the people, you know, a teacher yes. because they are an embodiment of the wisdom that they share. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like, yes, we all can be that. Um, but I do feel like it's, it's important to have people that are ahead of us on the path to keep us inspired, to keep us motivated, to keep us moving. Um, not, you know, a teacher isn't somebody who wants to be on a pedestal. A teacher is somebody who wants to serve, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's 
the reality of, you know, and a teacher is also somebody who has a teacher, not somebody who's just, you know, come, yes. come up with all this stuff on their own. It's somebody who um, is walking a path that, you know, like if you do these practices, these same truths will be revealed within your own heart. And I'm here to support you in that process. And so to honor our teachers for taking it seriously, you know, anybody can be connected to their intuition, like you were saying, but you're somebody who has cultivated that skill, mm-hmm. you know? So if somebody doesn't have time to do that, they can come to you and seek your shelter, you know, because maybe they're focusing on curing coronavirus right now, mm-hmm. you know, but you're somebody who's honing in and developing that skill of listening to your intuition in the same way, you know, there's, there's great teachers that have dedicated their life to serving God, you know, to awakening the most profound love possible, like in their own hearts, they can share that love and compassion with the world. And not everybody has taken their spiritual life that seriously, but there are people that have that we can take shelter of. And, and by seeking their shelter, we can have certain experiences as well. And so in that sense, I think to not put on a, on a pedestal, but also um, to really honor those great souls that have taken it seriously, you know, that are a living, breathing, walking example of what we aspire to embody. Hmm. My gosh. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so beautiful. Mm. I feel like, yeah, we can, we can honor our teachers without putting them out of reach, without putting yeah. the wisdom that they hold out of reach and putting them on this pedestals of yeah. she's better or she has something, you know. That yeah. I feel like those always crumble. Yeah, but like, it's like honoring them. And I mean, they don't yes. always crumble. They don't right. always. In, <laughs> our, in our modern world, um, you know, the, the real discipline and practice of spiritual life, it's, it's real, you know. It's, it takes deep dedication and deep commitment, and our minds are so fickle. We can easily be distracted. You know, there's, you know, stories in the Ramayan where a tapasvi, somebody who was, you know, in the mountains for hundreds of years meditating, focusing their mind on one point, and then a beautiful woman walks by and their mind is drawn. The mind is so fickle, you know, even for these great, great people. And so it's, um, you know, it's not impossible. Not everybody who takes their spiritual life seriously will one day fall to the whims of their senses, you know, but we see that a lot in the modern day. Um, yes. I think oftentimes, I mean, it's, it's hard to say it's very individual, like why that happens, but mm-hmm. there are some real teachers out there, you know, that, that genuinely are deeply committed to, to serving and that's what they live and breathe and that's all they want. They don't want anything yes. else from you, but to, to help you have a deep experience mm-hmm. of, of God. They're rare, they're rare, (laughs) but they they are out there. I feel like my experience, like there's just this one, this one teacher that I, that is coming in, she was coming in right now, um, where I put her on this pedestal and the pedestal was made up of these illusions and these Mm -hmm. distortions of me forgetting that she was also a human being, Mm -hmm. that she wasn't, um, I mean, I believe that God is inside of all of us. The divine lives within every being. Absolutely, yeah. However, um, 
was she the full embodiment of God? Like, are you, am I the full, am, am I God? No, I don't, I don't believe that, no. that I can use that. No. And I feel like some, for me personally, the pedestal was, is another way of me saying this person is godly and I will never mm. be, and I will never be that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and I it's almost like, like the pedestal is, is built from our expectations of this person. Yes. Yeah. Full body goosebumps. Yes. Visceral mm. response. And for me to learn that she makes she she was entitled to make mistakes because she was simply human mm-hmm. was a hard lesson you know mm. like, oh you still make mistakes oh you don't have all the answers oh you're figuring it out too and yeah. that that's how the pedestal really crumbled and it was a it was one of the deepest grieving processes that I've had in this lifetime and it felt like it felt like for me that it was um like a, a, someone like imagine someone you love so deeply and you're in a relationship with them like an intimate relationship and it ended mm-hmm. intimate. it wasn't like that but it, like trying yeah. to air the intensity of of that it's like when you have a mentor and you have someone that you share things with that you don't share with really many other people. There's this relationship that starts to form that is so, that feels vulnerable in a way. Yeah. And those illusions and those fantasies and those distortions and expectations as you put them start to crumble. It's like, well, what is this? Totally. And, and especially if it involves our spiritual life, it can totally yes. make us lose our ground and lose our faith. And it's, um, yeah, it can be a really heartbreaking and kind of like, you know, if that's where we were seeking so much of our spiritual guidance and our answers. Um, all of a sudden it's like, wait, what is real? What is true? Like is everything could feel like fake. Yes. And so to have to re- rebuild that. And that's why, you know, for us, you know, if we have a teacher, that, that we follow for us to to dive into the practices that that they're offering so that we can also have deep experiences of what they're teaching so that our faith can remain you know regardless of the circumstance outside like we need yes. to we need to take our spiritual life seriously but i mean i can only imagine that situation has happened to far too many people mm-hmm. um and it's completely devastating yes with such a wonderful learning process yeah so yeah. wonderful like i learned I learned so much from that experience. And when I was going through the grief and the sadness, I wasn't thinking about the lesson. I wasn't yeah. thinking of the brighter side. <laughs> I yeah. was just feeling and being human and, you know, with time. And I feel like to, to kind of relate it to what we're all going through right now is this too will pass. Yeah. Whether or not you're feeling very good and happy and joyful right now, that will pass. And yeah. if you're feeling really sad and lost and and confused and fearful, know that that too shall pass. And I feel like when we allow ourselves to be involved in the great mystery, mm. when we allow ourselves to ride the waves, if you will, of emotion, feelings and experiences and be committed, right? Like you were saying earlier, a few moments ago, being committed to these practices and these tools and having a teacher, having someone that, you know, maybe holds the qualities that you, that you want to hold, that live a life that you want to live, that are experiencing their lifetime the way you want to experience it, work with them, be serious about it. 
use those tools, take time every day to sit with your soul. And I feel like for me, mm. the re- you know, one of the reasons why I, I feel like I need to sit with my soul, like more so now than I was like a month ago, sometimes multiple times a day, it's like I go into my little haven in my home and it don't come inside until I'm done kind of thing yeah. is because it's helping me to trust in this great mystery mm. and that there are so many moving pieces all of the time yeah. to allow things to move through. Ayurveda says, um, you know, something along the lines of unprocessed experiences and emotions or undigested emotions and experiences tend to live and lodge in the physical body. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, um, it it turns into ama or toxins, Mm -hmm. especially when we don't digest our food. And I feel like when one way to help process, and this is one out of many ways, one way to help process that that ama or those undigested emotions and experiences is to sit with your soul mm. and to allow what comes up to come up and to process them and to be in that ever-changing flow of this too shall pass, this too shall pass. Mm. And perhaps I feel like this is coming in because perhaps there's one person that needs this message of maybe the mantra for you is this too shall pass. That's a beautiful mantra. Yeah. This too shall pass. And my teacher says that's the good news and the bad news, right? It's mm. the good news when we're not feeling so great. And it's the bad news when we're not feeling, uh, when we're feeling good, right? Yeah. But it, that's the great mystery. That's yeah. in it. Yeah. And I think also that, that truth of, you know, the material world that everything is always changing um, will one day urge us to, to seek out, then what is it that lasts? Mm. And I feel like that's, that's what yoga and Ayurveda offer us is that, that deeper realm of the soul that, you know, in the midst of everything that is constantly passing, coming and passing and coming and passing, there's a part of us that is steady within all of it, mm. you know, and, and that's um, the most stable anchor that we could possibly have in a, in a world, in a society, in a relationship that's crumbling is if we have spent time cultivating a connection really identification with the soul rather than my body, my mind, the roles that I play, the positions that I have, the amount of money that I have. I spend so much of my life identifying with these things, linking my happiness to these things. But if I um, spend time, like you're saying, to sit with your soul every day and to realize, wait, this is who I really am. I'm the spark of life, you know, that animates this form. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not my body. I'm not the roles that I play. I'm not the positions that I have. Um, Then like the soul is actually unwavering. The soul is steady. The soul can watch the mind go up and down and all around. The soul can watch the environment, the world outside of us, but the soul actually isn't touched by any of it, mm. you know? And so like that, that's who we really are. The soul isn't touched by health or disease. Um, and so when, you know, when, what I love, you know, the most about Ayurveda is the, the word for health is svasta which literally translates to being situated in the soul. Yes, like one of my favorite Sanskrit words. Totally. It's, it's just so beautiful because that shows that, you know, like that's what we're actually seeking in Ayurveda. It's not like, you know, that just that all of our tissues are healthy and that, you know, we're excreting our waste properly and our digestive system is strong and powerful. It's, it's that we, we realize who we really are, you know, because then even at the time of death when the tissues aren't healthy, you know, and the digestive system isn't working properly. Like we can still be spasta. 
which means healthy or connected to our soul. We can, we can be fearless. We can be stable. We can be steady when everything else is passing. Mm-hmm. To be situated in oneself, what is, what is worth more than that? I'm not sure. Yeah, may, may we take that quest seriously. Yes. <laughs> you know, because there's so many shiny objects that, that can pull my attention here and there, but may I know that there's nothing more valuable than, than that connection. Yes. Are there any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share or anything you'd like to share at all that's moving through you at this time? The only piece that that keeps coming is that um, like, like we are all pure spirit souls. You know, like we were saying, wherever there's life, there is a soul. Um, Whether that's in the body of a human, a grasshopper, a tree, there's that same quality of life. And so um, where there's life, there's, there's, there's someone who is worthy of respect, you know, and, and what unites us all is that we all have a very loving relationship with source, with divinity, with God, with universe, whatever um, relationship you have with that power that sustains us. And that, that ultimately what, um, what will bring us the happiness that we're all seeking is when we, when we honor and acknowledge that, you know, the, the, the source of all life. And we spend time developing that relationship. Because I was thinking, um, you know, in that, in that mood of all things must pass, it's in one sense, like you said, it's heartbreaking. You know, that everything that we love is one day going to be taken from us. You know, that all these amazing relationships that we're spending our life cultivating that one day we're going to have to leave them or they're going to leave us. Um, and I was going on a walk the other day, kind of reflecting on this, and then realizing um, the one relationship that will never leave us is our relationship with God. You know, and the more we turn to our source um, and, and develop that relationship, it's, it's a relationship that just like any other relationship, it takes time, it takes commitment, it takes dedication. Um, and then there is reciprocation, but because we don't f- always feel it immediately, um, we sometimes again, don't take it that seriously, but it, but it is a relationship that the more we, we turn to it, the more we develop it, the more we can feel it and see God everywhere and in everything and in every person. And so it's like you said, what is more valuable than that? You know, what is more what is worth cultivating more than, than that relationship? Really a love that will never leave us. And that's, that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for that happiness. We're looking for that deep experience of love. And so, um, yeah, may, may we turn to that today and always. I feel so wonderful. Mm, thank you for, yes. for creating this, this platform that allows so many people to explore these 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 deeper truths and um, ultimately a connection to themselves in a deeper way. I'm so honored to be here and to do this. Mm. Where can everyone find you? Um, My website is thesisterscience.com and then Instagram, Diana Masla. And I, I, I post at least a story or an image every day sharing 
mostly insights like we've been exploring today. Mm-hmm. Yes, go follow Diana if you feel called to, especially mm. if you have listened this whole way through, likely you're meant to connect in some way. Okay, Diana, thank you so much. I feel like thank you doesn't even <laughs> come mm. close to how I'm feeling. Uh, just to sit with you in this time and, and just share our hearts with one another feels like medicine. Yeah. Feels what a nourishing conversation. We, need, we all need to be having these conversations every day. I agree. So thank yes. you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. My undying gratitude for you and for tuning into the show. The show wouldn't be anything without you, without the listener, without you being available for this information. And I hope these words and this conversation really sat deeply in your heart and your soul and helped you to find just a little bit of peace during these uncertain and challenging times. I send my loving blessings to you and your loved ones and... I'll be here next week revealing a new episode every Sunday. Don't forget to subscribe and take care of yourself. Bye-bye.